Hello and welcome to the Flatback 3 channel. We are today joined by George Turner and Alistair Blackwell. The three are back together and we are here today to preview Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which releases this Friday in the UK. Um, it is the official start of Phase 5 for Marvel. It is the film that has to rescue the MCU at this point because it has absolutely shit itself over Phase 4. Um, gents, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, drops this week. How excited are you? Buzzing, mate. Can't wait. <laughs> are you sure? You don't sound it. I was just waiting. I, I was expecting George to kind of come in first. So I was just uh, like, Likewise. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited because, like we've mm. said in the past, I think you know um, the one which sticks out for me is when I was so like keen for M Multiverse of Madness, and I was like, "This is going to be amazing! I cannot wait!" And it's going to be insane! Like it's going to like completely throw everyone. It's going to be amazing Multiverse in there, and uh, and then it was a bit disappointing, and now I'm a bit kind of it's a it's an all or nothing like this has to be this has to change the you know the path of marvel yeah. bring it back onto the right path um they have to change the narrative around themselves at the minute because marvel are not making a lot of friends they're not making a lot of new fans with the stuff that they're bringing out at the minute i mean yeah. you touched on multiverse of madness i think we are three movie release disappointments in a row now with Wakanda Forever and Thor Love and Thunder so they really need a hit and it's mm. weird to think that when Ant-Man joined the MCU he was basically a side character that had his own movie if you think about where we were at the time with Thor Iron Man Captain America Black Panther the Guardians he was like an inconsequential aspect but one they had to introduce for the way that they were going to do the rest of the multiverse saga um yeah George how are you feeling about it because like I say three disappointments in a row with Wakanda Forever mm. Mom, and Love and Thunder how are you feeling going into this yeah same as Alistair to be honest with you I'm excited but slightly nervous at the same time because as we yeah just mentioned like phase four as an overall series it was it was a little bit disappointing I think coming off such a high at the end of phase three end the gate film end game I mean it's it's difficult to to keep to that standard of film um so yeah I think I'm a little bit skeptical going into phase five but I just watched the trailer before coming on the pod and like there's so many different talking points we can talk about like there's you know there's so many questions to raise from that trailer so um yeah i am excited to see what happens in this film yeah and i'm excited to see what this sets up going forward as well because if you think about it like this really is the Kickstarter for Marvel going forward now. I think that in phase four, they had so much. And we talked about it on the channel. Like they've introduced so many new characters, so many new aspects of the MCU that they really need to go back to a sort of funneled version of what they're going for. And Kang being this focal point going forward is a really good thing for the MCU, I think. Um, in terms of Marvel in general, first and foremost, before we talk about the rest of um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Marvel's Kevin Feige has come out and said that they're going to focus more on 
quality than quantity. Now, that is sort of being taken out of their hands if you've been following Disney's recent uh, financial reports with the loss of multiple subscribers across various continents and the fact they now have to cut 5.5-ish billion um, from their budget. So it looks as if they're in a pretty tough spot, but it does, I think, mean a really good thing for Marvel because they have to cut out some of the useless, woke crap that they made in Phase 4 with the likes of She-Hulk, which was the most egregious thing. Um, but let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania specifically. Obviously, this is the return of Scott Lang. And my first question and main question, is this the end of Scott Lang? Hmm. Hmm. I think, okay, let me throw it out to you why I asked this question. Uh, I can't picture a world or I can't picture an MCU going forward where Kang loses to Ant-Man. If Kang, if if Kang is the all-conquering villain that Thanos was, um, you should really like Scott Lang should escape just with his life, or this is it. You can't have him beat Kang, can't outwit Kang. You know, this is a guy who effectively shrinks and grows for a superpower. Yeah, um, yeah is this it? I suppose. Well, it depends like how that. strong this very. Sorry, Alison. Right, you go first, mate. You go. I was going to say it depends how strong this variant of Kang is. I suppose, you know, this it, is Kang the uh, this is Kang the Conqueror. That's what it's being spelled out. So as, this is I the think, main villain. From, from we, as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, because they're setting up the uh, what's his city called? Is it Eternal City or something like that in the Quantum Realm? They're setting up the fact that he's got an army. They're setting up like him as this massive threat, and they've got Modok as well um so in theory you're setting him up as kang the conqueror i'm just going to look for confirmation on google really quickly um but yeah sorry george go ahead with your uh your theory on whether this is the end of him yeah i mean it's it's as i was saying then i, I guess it just depends how if this is the strongest variant of kang um you know, he, he does look pretty powerful at the end of that trailer there. He's like shooting out, shooting out like this blue lightning bolt. So that seems pretty, pretty badass. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I guess it just depends how, what version of Kang we are seeing in this multiverse compared to other variants. Yeah, I mean, I've just Googled it and pretty much everything that I've brought up, including Screen Run, which is pretty reliable, um, says that Kang the Conqueror is the villain in this film. So Kang the Conqueror is the version of Kang that in theory is the main version that we're going to have going forward. So yeah, I think they frame it really well in the trailer, the way that he says, I can't win, but I like you say that again. Uh, I don't have to win, but you can't either, or we both need to lose or whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) in that is, that has to be true. Ant-Man can't get out of the quantum realm. And if he does, he has to just about escape with his life, I think. But yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what about you, Alistair? Do you think this is it for Paul Rudd as, as Ant-Man? Um, I think if it was like a a face value, just kind of, you know, Kang is meant to be stronger than Thanos, for example, um, more superior. And, Obviously, Ant-Man is Ant-Man. He's only got limited abilities. Then I'd say, yeah, I'd, I think it would make sense for Ant-Man to be killed off mm. to show a bit more kind of, you know, like no beating around the bush, just 
I'd like Kang is here to just kill people off and, you know, take over the universe, for example. Um, I think what mixes it up and changes it maybe, um, or makes it not as straightforward as it seems, is the fact that there is obviously the multiverse. So whether there's maybe this Ant-Man gets killed off and there's another one, um, or if this Kang gets killed off along with Ant-Man and then there's another variant of Kang the Conqueror. Um, and I then... think there lies one of the biggest problems Marvel have made for themselves mm. is the multiverse, because if you... Like they they cannot do that in the first film of Phase Five. Go, oh, he died. So here's another one from another universe. Yeah. We'll use that one now. They can't just replace characters, and that is inherently what they've set themselves <laughs> up for. Because if they just start plucking characters from other universes, then the threat of death is just like, well, yeah, there are no stakes to anything because we know that there's another one just waiting around the corner. I think the only difference, I think the only exception would be a possibly a Kang. Because if they if they set it up correctly, where you know, obviously he who remains died, and then mm. Kang the Conqueror has replaced him, um, then obviously that variant was replaced with the other. Then essentially all you've got is a variant replacement. So, um, like okay, you're seeing new variants and of you know, Kang, for example, over and over, but there lies a problem where it could be something which, if it was solely focused on just him being almost respawning every time, then I think that doesn't necessarily um, ruin the whole idea of it. Um, because then the problem is, well, how how do we get around this issue of, there's just another Kang over and over. Um, yeah. But because maybe it's just maybe the idea of, you know, here are superheroes and here's a supervillain. All they need to do to defeat him is kill him. Is maybe that's just too simple for this idea. Maybe it has to be a bit more of a shit like, we're killing Kang over and over, it's just about, and we've got a thousand like superheroes doing that, but we can't kill him entirely because he just comes back as another variant. What are we going to do, sort of thing? Yeah, Maybe but then to the plot with that. Yeah, but then that's the thing, isn't it? If you kill the villain over and over, and you've got a thousand superheroes, eventually you'll run out of variants. And if he mm. continues to kill the Avengers, the Avengers <laughs> can just be like, "Yeah, but we'll just go and get another one from a different yeah. universe." Like mm. we saw in Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange using a dead Doctor Strange that was in the wrong universe mm. to defeat Wanda. Essentially, like they've they have set up a, themselves <clears throat> up in a position where they potentially shoot themselves in the foot because they've got the opportunity to just go, "Oh, we'll just have another one." Yeah. Or another one, not another one, but we we could end up with a, a multiverse where instead of it being a really interesting aspect of them traveling around like they should have done in Multiverse of Madness and coming across different variants in a wacky story, it's a case of well, and then that presents the question of well, why don't they just go and get another one? Well, so I mean, like, you kind of you in a in a small way, you'd kind of see that with Ultron when he comes back stronger every time 
But you? that was the problem with Ultron, I think. I think that was the mistake they made with Ultron. And I've always said this, is that when they killed him, you know, they not the one where he's like doing the um, like first introduction monologue. It's the first full version of Ultron. They fight him on the, the ship with Ulysses' claw and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They When they kill him, that first version, he's like, oh, I'm already somewhere else. I think it makes you, as a villain, look weak, that you're that easily disposable. Like Iron Man kills him with one rocket from close distance, mm-hmm. um, having chased him down and taken him down. And it's like, well, yeah, I know he comes back stronger, but that one was so easily disposable. Then the next one will be slightly more difficult, but you know, you keep going to a point. But yeah, I just think that this, if this is Kang the Conqueror, there has to be, and I think this is what they have to do, and this is why they're going to really struggle Marvel in this phase, um, is because they've killed off Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. They've seen off Steve Rogers, Chris Evans. They've tried to make these transitions in phase four, but because it was so muddled, they were unable to focus on stuff. Mm. Now they're going to have to start to kill off some of the other main characters for the new wave of heroes to come through but Mm. when you kill off the remaining cast do you know what i mean like you kill off the remaining mainstays you've then got all these new characters that people are like nah and it's reflected in the loss of subscribers that they're having on disney plus and it's reflected on the sort of we're three diehard marvel fans and we're going into this new ant-man movie all of us as nervous as we are excited that it's going to be another disappointment. So mm. I think there is there is an inherent issue with where Marvel are at at the moment. But yeah. in terms of this film specifically, I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to seeing what sort of comes out at the other end. Obviously, we're getting Wasp. Obviously, his daughter Cassie is going to become a hero in this. I think they, they've obviously got Bill Murray in the movie. I love Bill Murray, so why not? I think that he's going to be amazing in it. Um, obviously, I'm really keen to see what Jonathan Majors is like as Kang as the Con- as Kang the Conqueror because I loved him in the Loki series. Um, mm. But what are you looking forward to most? Let's go, George first. What are you looking forward to seeing most in this movie specifically? The Quantum Realm. I think, without going into too much detail about other films, one thing I loved about Doctor Strange was the cinematic experience we got from that film. And that type of film, like the first Doctor Strange and the second Doctor Strange, and like that whole multiverse and the mirror realm and everything like that, and like, I think we're going to get a similar experience in the in the multiverse in in the quantum realm. So I think that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is just sitting in the cinema, just being surrounded by this awesome sound and visual effects. So yeah, I think the experience of watching a film uh, of this type of film in the cinema, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, Chronopolis is his city that I was thinking of. But you are, yeah, I think the fact like seeing it in the cinema is it is the biggest selling point for it because it's a cinema experience. And I think that that really hopefully comes across with this. Um, Alistair, what about you? Is there anything specific you're most looking forward to or are you just keen to see whatever they come up with? Um, I think generally I agree with George, the quantum realm. I think I'm interested to see um just the movie as a whole i'm intrigued by uh if there's any surprises in there like a surprise appearance like you never know something might just they've not they haven't given much away in the 
um in the trailer which is nice um modok that'd be an interesting one to see what happens with him that'd be quite cool well we um, know who modok is which is quite yeah. cool as well and the way yeah. that he's come about which is going to be really interesting to see how he interacts with yeah. scott and hank and hope as they go down into the realm that'd be quite cool um yeah but i think if there was a couple surprises thrown in there um curveballs and that i think that'd be quite cool um, yeah yeah just generally like we said before you know in the past like love the music for it and the trailers i thought that was perfect for it mm-hmm. uh, the cinematography looks great and hopefully it you know um matches that in the, in the actual movie as well um so just a general kind of excitement for it i think yeah i think one of the things that I'm most looking forward to is seeing Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, which, again, I know I said that a minute ago, but I think that he is the most exciting thing about this movie in terms of if he's your next big villain, this should be his breakout performance as that thing. Um, and MODOK as well. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to seeing a live-action MODOK, though mm. I've always found MODOK such a weird thing. Like, <laughs> in Marvel, it's a, it's a massive head in a chair um but i'm looking forward to seeing it and the way that they're doing it with it obviously being the villain from ant-man one who's the actor's name completely escapes me um but he's coming back to reprise his role as the yellow jacket character that is now modok um it's going to be really interesting george have you ever seen modok other than in this trailer no i've got to be yeah. honest i didn't say anything then but i don't really know much about him uh, so M- Modok is the like big flying head that you will have seen in uh, in the trailer. I don't know if you would have spotted it. Yeah. it depends what trailer you were watching, but it's um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he's sort of introduced as an on-screen character because I think Modok, even in the comics, is a really weird character to try and make okay. a threat. Um, <laughs> but it'll be really interesting to see how he's represented. I think one of the things that I would like to see less of, and I don't know if either of you have this necessarily, um, is is the especially going into this as the first film because people didn't really do it with Thanos necessarily, only really Tony. Um, was is is the quippy humor? Um, we talked about it in Thor, especially how much they try to force humor into mm. the into the movie, um, and this has to be a little bit more serious, especially at times where there are interactions with Kang. Like you can't have Kang making all of his threats and his speeches and Ant-Man going, yeah, but I grow or something like yeah, that. And exactly, like, yeah. And everyone be like, expected to be like, <laughs> when yeah. you're supposed to be taking this villain seriously. Cause I don't know if you guys have seen that. So they started releasing loads of like one minute clips and I avoid them normally, but there was one that I sort of recognized from the trailer in a way. So I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch that one. And it was the one where, Tang talks to Scott Lang and he says, um, Scott says, I'm an Avenger. Have either of you watched this one? Yeah. He says, I'm an Avenger. Oh, no, wait, sorry. I haven't seen that name, sorry. He he says, I'm an Avenger, and he's in like a prison cell, and Kang says, oh, you're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? And Scott is Mm. like, what? And he says, are you the one with the hammer? And then Scott Lang says, no, that's Thor. And then you know, someone's just told you that he's killed Avengers before and he shows that he knows who the Avengers are because he names one. Mm. And Scott Lang goes, oh, yeah, we always get confused because we've got the same body type. I'm like, you fuck, you wouldn't say that. 
Like <laughs> it's that's the Marvel humor that I could do without at times. Yeah. Um, mm. And if he's doing it in that serious a scene, I'm like, great. If that's in that serious mm. scene, this could be an hour and forty five minutes of jokes. Yeah. Um, so it's a concern, but it's not mm. something that I'm terrified of if that makes sense but is there anything that you guys are like you know we we've all said that we're nervous what makes you nervous specifically is it humor is it the replacement of scott lang or when you um for me when you kind of isolate the marvel universe to up until the infinity saga you can see like a clear vision in terms of what's being built up yeah the clear the the kind of clear um kind of prompts with thanos in a scene at the end of the movie uh the end of guardians of the galaxy or the end of age of ultron and this and that and 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 with that you can see there's a clear build-up of this is the main villain thanos this is what the plot is and the, the the issue they're having and what he's trying to you know do yeah and you you slowly build in this picture and and you you respect the kind of um the the villain that is thanos in terms of like you need to like be very afraid of him and don't fuck yeah with he's him. Like, he's a he's a threat yeah exactly yeah. i think that's where you know it worked really well with infinity war and um and thanos was that villain where you especially man like i remember i remember first seeing him in those um in those first few clips at the end of those films and thinking like shit this is like a badass villain like he is this like the freaking boss here like he is a serious threat and i think um it's just trying to get to that point again with kang where obviously with the loki series you introduced him but you didn't get that feeling at all because it was a Are bit you... more of a cheeky jump around kind of one mischievous exactly, yeah you didn't introduce him necessarily you introduced a version of him so exactly. yeah we haven't had that aspect yet exactly so i think um you know it's just kind of trying to you know get a better idea of what this kang is exactly about is difficult at the moment because if he was in a clip at the end of a, a, a doctor strange you know multiverse madness uh movie yeah. or something like that where you see you know him at work in the quantum realm um or something like that then it gives a a bit more of a teaser of the threat that he is but because he's being thrown straight into a film you almost don't get any build up to what could potentially be with this villain and it's like oh shit he's in the film right like it's an all it, it, again it almost feels like an all or nothing like mm. this villain yeah. is right away in a in a in a movie where thanos yeah. was teased he was trickled in for two yeah, or three yeah. it's like oh there he is again oh shit and then and then i thought his introduction 
on um was it Thor the Dark World, wasn't it? Um at the end of that. Was it Thor the Dark World? Uh, no, Guardians, wasn't it? Or Ragnarok, wasn't it? Ragnarok was where he officially first like came into that's contact I mean, with the like, Avengers, but, but his, that's what his, but that's what I mean. That yeah, his official introduction there, was in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. But I mean, so his actual introduction into a movie as opposed to an end credit scene properly with that in terms of his ship came in, obviously Thor and the whole of um, uh, Asgard on the ship. And then that's where he comes in. And then obviously the next movie, it's like straight into that. And he's like, he's completely killed off half of them off, all of them. And, and that's where he is. It's like now he's introduced, and there you go. Where obviously with this one, it it's a different way of introducing. So it's a bit kind of I don't know. I just it, it's a bit of more. Um, it's just very risky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh no, it it really is. And the thing that's also interesting, and you sort of touched on it in a way there, is that with like with Thanos being spread in, and it comes back to the problem that Marvel have made for themselves in Phase Four. And I hate to continue to pile on them for phase four, but it's their own fault. They put so much stuff in there without focus that Kang was introduced in Loki right at the start of the phase. Loki was the first thing, if I remember right. No, WandaVision was first, then Loki. Loki was one of the first projects they dropped in phase four. You get Kang as he who remains at the end of that episode, uh, at the end of that series. And for all intents and purposes was fantastic. Um, and then he's gone away and he's not to be seen again until now. Like we literally haven't heard or seen Kang. And first and foremost, that is fine if you weren't exploring things like the multiverse. Yeah. If you're going across multiverses or sorry, across universes in the multiverse, maybe the mention of Kang as a threat or mm-hmm. like at least stories of this being who takes over timelines or whatever, because yeah. The only preset we have of Kang going into this movie is he who remains telling Loki and Sylvie about the other variants and what they were like. And Mm. it's a show don't tell thing with with movies. I'm sure George as an actor, you can agree. Like it's a show don't tell thing in that if you show the audience, they'll believe it more than if you just tell them. Mm. Yeah, and it raises, um, it makes your audience think rather than just telling them something, giving yeah. them that chance to imagine something. And that's some, sometimes more powerful to, to leave and to create for an audience because you're like, oh, well, it could be this or it could be this. So, yeah, it's, it's a good way of, uh, of uh, portraying a story. Yeah, because you like, I mean, you have the imagination. Like we see what he who remains is like and him saying, oh, you'll meet my other variants and they are a lot worse than me. Um you you need an example of like why they're so much worse than him and like this Kang it seems like this Kang which again is fine if you've set it up properly is coming in as already a sort of established villain which I think and that and you know Kevin Feige's come out and said things like he is the next legacy villain and it's like well you have to be a bit careful Marvel I think in assuming that he's going to be the next legacy villain because it took a number of years for Thanos to be established as this big threat because Marvel had to make that balance of um, 
well, here are other threats whilst we build to this one. So it's they've got they basically they've got to tell a really effective story in the next couple of movies. And if you think about it as well, the slight another slight problem, not as much of a problem, is that what's the next movie after this is Guardians Three. Kang's not going to be in Guardians Three, and if he is, I'll be absolutely gobsmacked um, because that is a more cosmic aspect of the mcu rather than the multiversal aspect so it'll be really interesting to see how they reintroduce kang again further down the line yeah um, well especially with movies because you can't rely on everyone watching the series on disney plus um let's sort of start to think about wrapping up by talking about who could show up in this uh alistair you obviously mentioned a potential surprise or two and i think that one of the good things about this movie for marvel is that there's the opportunity to not have any surprises and have a feasible excuse why. Um, because what we talked about before is that Marvel could and should easily have superheroes crossing paths all the time, in theory, um, out in the world. But this isn't out in the world. This is down in the quantum realm. So in theory, they could get away with having no one else turn up in this movie because how would they end up in the quantum realm? Um, mm. But then again, they could have people turn up from other universes that have found their way into the quantum realm as well. So is there anyone you're expecting to see? Is there any rumours that you've heard or anything that you've read, Alistair, specifically? Or are you just sort of curious to see what comes up? I don't think I've really read anything, to be honest, in terms of like, well, I've read stuff, but nothing that I've seen that has said anything regarding that. Um, I think just more than anything, just a bit more kind of curiosity um, to see if anyone does come up. Um, I think, yeah, if it's one of those, again, it's difficult to, like, you want the main focus of the film to be about Kang, really. Um, Obviously Ant-Man, because it's an Ant-Man film, but about the quantum realm and Kang being introduced as the conqueror. So yeah. um, I suppose to have anyone who's quite significant um, appear in it might kind of take away from that. Yeah, uh, especially because you're a, like we've just discussed then, we're like talking about establishing Kang as this big threat. If you then be like, oh, there's a version of, I don't know, yeah, um, Scarlet Witch. You'd be like, oh, and well, thing, that takes away from the focus. And mm. I suppose the other thing is as well, if like leading, you know, continuing on from that, like if you're establishing Kang as this completely superior, like omnipotent character, essentially, then um, it almost seems a bit like pointless to introduce any other character. When they're not going to add anything, you know, unless there was a character which all of a sudden killed Kang, it's like, well, what's the point? So, and they don't want that because they don't want Kang to obviously be shown as has a weakness of any sort right now, anyway. So, um, I think maybe they won't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think they will. I'd be surprised if they did for the reasons you've just discussed there. Like, you really don't want to detract from what you're trying to introduce with Kang. Like, if we're going to say that he is the next legacy villain, he is the next big threat to the Marvel Universe, then let him be that and let him stand out on his own. I think what I'd really like to see, because they've got to, one thing they've got to do is they've got to introduce Kang and MODOK as well, which are two villains with two 
I guess two origin stories. Modoc it will be done relatively quickly in the movie, I think, because it'll be like, oh, it's you, and they'll be like, oh, it's him and stuff like that. But with Kang, I think they really need to make him this this uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like ruthless aggressor in the U in the MCU. You know how like Thanos was in a way where he was like, Yeah, I like this is it. This is the one my way or no way. Um mm. Kang needs to be something similar. And I'd really like there to be a weird scene where, and I've literally just thought of this now, I'd love there to be a scene near the start where he's got someone as a prisoner, maybe not Ant-Man, and maybe we don't even see them. Maybe they say something like, oh, I'm an Avenger, um, but you never see who it is, and he just kills them straight away, like incinerates yeah. them, and they're just gone. And it's like, yeah, it's and like he just walks away, like, doesn't even blink. It's like exactly the same impact that we had with Thanos, wasn't it, at the beginning of Infinity War, when he kills Heimdall? Heimdall. Heimdall, sorry. Hodor! Hodor. And then kills Loki, beats up the Hulk, and you're suddenly sitting down at the beginning of the film like, oh my God, this this guy's a badass. So we need that same impact, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And it was his introduction even in Guardians, where you've got Ronan the Accuser, who's the villain of that movie and Thanos is like you're a petulant child and Ronan's like <laughs> scared of him even with an infinity stone you're like oh this guy's not to be messed with um right. so it's really interesting how they balance this I'm really excited for the movie but like I am nervous to see what they do because their track record recently has been pretty horrendous when it comes to big releases um do you think, just like looking into this movie and like as a final point, do you think that the MCU going forward is salvageable? Or do you think that there is a natural decline that it's going to go on to a point where it has to go away? And is Ant-Man the movie... To... Sorry, is Ant-Man the movie to prop this next phase of the MCU up? I don't think so. I don't think this was uh, on purpose. I think it's probably an accidental um scheduling probably with uh mcu probably the start of phase five i don't think maybe necessarily this was supposed to be the start of phase part five i think it well, was probably more to do with scott lang's um sorry not scott lang paul rudd's availability the actor's mm. availability um i mean well, to answer your question I, I think there probably needs to be a more streamlined phase five as we you mentioned before opposed to phase four having so many different stories, so many introductions. And as you mentioned before, what Kevin Feige said, he wants to have more quality over quantity. So everything just needs to bunch together to, to keep the more um, opposed to the more hardcore fans. If you just want people to dip in and dip out like movies in this phase, you just need to keep everything simple and have a main villain. So yeah, that's my feelings. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And before I come to you, Alistair, just really quickly on, on something George said then, um, it's really interesting you said about like tying things together and being more um, like compact in a story because obviously Kevin Feige came out and said, I'm going to see if I can find the quote really quickly. He said, uh, blah, 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 blah. hang on two secs. What was it he said? That, that phase five is about, uh, here we go, connecting the big picture. Now, 
one would argue that in theory you should be doing that the whole freaking time and that just sort of proves that phase four is a complete dumpster fire from the start because if it wasn't connecting the story what was it doing it was just an introductory phase for all these new characters but i tell you what you've wasted a phase and now you really need to push on and do something good. Um, you are right, George. Phase five wasn't supposed to be started without Man and the Wasp Quantumania because let's not forget that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was supposed to be the start of phase four, um, mm. way back when, before James Gunn was fired and then rehired and obviously is now the head creative over at DC. So Marvel have really shot themselves in the foot, especially towards the end of the Infinity Saga and now going into this. I mean, we'll do a preview of Guardians 3. We've all said before this that it looks like it's going to be a very emotionally charged film and one that we are all looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that more than Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania right now, I mm. would say. Um, and also, I was thinking this earlier on, and I was like, I actually think this has to be correct. If Guardians 3 is as good as 1 and 2, even if it's not sensational, but it's as good as 1 and 2, um, surely that's the best trilogy within the MCU. Yeah, I think for quality of film-wise, yeah. And just for just the story arc of the characters, like I yeah. feel more attached to those superheroes than anyone else. Yeah, so, I think that, yeah, and they're more relatable because they're not necessarily superheroes in most most ways if you think about no. who is in that team. Um, but just looking at phase five, I've got it up in front of me really quickly, just to sort of, like you said, George, if you want people to dip in and out, that's fine. You can do that, but you need to make sure that you don't rely on the, like well, Alistair said, you can't expect people to watch everything on Disney+. Plus. So no. you've got, Cap you've got, uh, sorry, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Guardians 3, The Marvels, which... That'll be funny because that'll be rubbish. Um, Blade and then Captain America, New World Order, and then the Thunderbolts are all the movies in phase five. Right. Around that, you've then got Secret Invasion, Echo, uh, Loki Season 2, Ironheart, Agatha, Covenant of Chaos, and uh, Daredevil Born Again. Uh, I have to say, out of all of those TV series, I'm looking forward to two of them, and I would say the rest of them are pretty much pointless. Um, mm. I also it's... think that just on, sorry, just one of those projects sure. specifically, really quickly, Secret Invasion is like a massive thing in the comics and could set up like a villainous phase of itself with the Cree, uh, the not the Cree. I've completely forgotten what they the, what that race of aliens is called now from Secret oh, Invasion. The... Not the um the green the, the green people. Yeah, it's completely skipped my mind now. Oh bro, my fountain. they're in what? Yes, the, cr the krill. Is it the krill? No, the one in the ca uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain we Marvel. God's sake. Something being of an S. Scroll. Scroll, Scroll, that's it. We all got there sort of in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, the scroll invasion of Earth, where they replace all the like people in government and they replace all the superheroes and stuff like that, is like a villainous yeah. phase of its own. I don't like the idea of introducing that in a TV series away from the main picture, like we've talked about already, whilst yeah. also trying to establish Kang. Um, and you would assume that at some point Kang has to get out of the quantum realm, whether that's in this movie or not, um, because how does he become the main villain of films like 
the Marvels and Captain America New World Order if he's still in the quantum realm. So there's a lot to think about for Marvel going you know forward. Go on, you man. know what, um, like, I just kind of thought about it, really, when you said that bit about the scroll um, with Secret Invasion. Yeah. Um, it almost makes me feel like, because I remember this at the start of the Marvel, like, first phase, yeah. Um, when we had the first Avengers film and all of that, and we had uh, Agent, Agent Coulson, yeah, and then we had Marvel Agents of Sh- uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that, yeah. never watched it, never interested in it, and I just okay. thought it's just a little pointless filler, not really interested. It almost feels like all of these things are exactly that, just on a superhero level, and yeah. I mm-hmm. personally hope that most of them if not, no, most of them get binned off and just you know, they're just pillars and they're not anything extra because, like, I just think it will completely um, just water down the whole um, quality of like the MCU films. Yeah, well, you, that's a um, sorry, sorry, go on. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> the, uh, you make a fantastic point, is what I was going to say, um, in that if I were at Marvel, and this, again, has just sort of crossed my mind now, but do you know what I genuinely do with the TV series and the movies? The movies, build up Kang, multiversal saga, that is your only and main focus. Mm. TV series, why don't you just develop the Defenders or the Thunderbolts or, you know, like, a, a, a street level team so you've got yeah. things like echo and Ironheart and daredevil born again just yeah. focus on like street level stuff with that and that can mm. be your like what you what could you call it like not like it's part of the mcu but like you could come up with something like you know how dcu are calling like the stuff the other worlds that hasn't happened on the main storyline just do that with marvel just come up with some way of saying right yeah this is all happening in the mcu but daredevil oh. she hulk all of these guys are the East Coast Defenders. You could do East Coast Defenders. They're like side missions in a game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's a good way of saying it. So that's, that's the way they should do it. Instead of saying, oh, if you haven't seen one division, you are not going to understand Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. This should be a case of, it should be a case of right, yeah. this is our main project is building Kang as this massive threat. But mm. if you watch the series then you're going to get this other story. And you could, and again, it's just popping into my mind as we talk about it, but you've got Kingpin right there as the main villain of the street-level Avengers. Um, it, just a they, quick question. The yeah, real go, quick question. Um, Regarding Loki, yeah. Loki was in the TVA, and obviously mm. at the end of the series, Kang was there. So the TVA was that in the quantum realm? So is that in that city where he is? So could we potentially see Loki in Ant Man then? So yes, potentially. It's never been confirmed that that's Chronopolis, um, but that has been theorised because obviously you know there in Ant Man two, mm. there was the oh sorry Ant Man and the Wasp. You know that in the quantum realm you could see that city in the background of one of the shots in the quantum oh. realm. So it's it's assumed that 
Chronopolis has been there all along and that that's where this is. But we, so, yeah, we could, in theory, we could see Loki, but then Loki and Ant-Man never crossed paths in the MCU, have they? So they wouldn't know who one another is. That could be a really nice little interaction where they don't actually yeah. realise who the other is. Um, yeah, that could be really cool. And then, like, to go back to our previous point, like, Loki is a difficult one. If you were going to do street-level Avengers, Loki would have to take place in Quantum Realm and have to take place within the MCU timeline. But just don't make it a massive hinge point. Because if yeah. you didn't watch Loki, your first experience of Kang is going to be this movie. You don't know anything about what's happened yeah. before. Um, so, yeah. Very interesting. Anyway, I think that's a really good place to stop. I think we've covered a lot of really good content there. Um, any comments, don't forget to leave them in the comment section below on you, the tube. Um, also, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify. Share this with your friends. Share this with your family. Share this with your MCU brothers and sisters. George Alistair, thank you very much. As always, thank you for listening and we will see you soon.